Welcome to the Ocean Hills Podcast. Our hope is that today's message would help you connect more deeply with God and with others. If you would like more information on what is happening in the Ocean Hills community, check out our website at oceanhills.org or download the Ocean Hills app. If you are encouraged by our ministry and would like to partner with us financially, you can give through your mobile device by texting Ocean Hills to 77977. We hope you enjoy this message. Ah. Well, I get a little nervous when I have an audience of five. <laughs> oh my goodness, this is, this is great. This is a one-off message today. Uh, I read an article in the Boston Globe uh, recently, and the headline was that middle-aged guys have no friends. Middle-aged guys have no friends. And, and, and here was the, the, the tagline that, uh, in the article that, that kind of gave me pause. I'm going to read some of the sound bites from the article, but this was the big one. Admitting you're lonely feels very much like admitting you're a loser. Admitting you're lonely, admitting you're lonely, wow, feels very much like admitting you're a loser. So what does that mean? It means that we don't admit it. We're like, I'm good, I'm good. But underneath there, uh, all the research is showing that we are, we're in a global pandemic, but we're in a loneliness epidemic. That's some of the language that's being used by researchers and psychologists today. But listen to some of the sound bites. This guy who wrote this article, he said, people are comfortable saying that they're depressed, but they're not comfortable saying that they are lonely because then you become the kid sitting alone in the cafeteria. When parents become overscheduled, they don't shortchange their children, they shortchange their friendships. Here's another one. But in the middle years of life, those opportunities to get together are exactly the sort of things that fall off. When you have a gap in your schedule, you feel bad running off with your friends and leaving your spouse at home alone to take care of the kids. Here's another soundbite. Planning anything takes great initiative. And if you have to take initiative every time you see someone, it's just easier to let it disappear. I'm wondering if these sound bites are resonating, connecting with uh, those of you that are watching this morning. How about Tom Hanks? I actually, he went to Skyline High School uh, in Oakland. Tom Hanks said, everybody has something that chews them up. And for me, that thing, is loneliness. Wow. Anne Hathaway said that she struggles with loneliness. The Olympian skater Johnny Weir admitted that loneliness is real, so real for Olympic athletes. And so <clears throat> this year, loneliness has really surged, according to articles and the research. Uh, and why? Because one, the elections, those strong political opinions have strained so many of our friendships, so we've kind of pulled back a little bit. We're not initiating as much. We're walking on eggshells more. We're playing it close to the vest, kind of overprotecting. And so we feel a little bit like we're being inauthentic and not real. Uh, of course, quarantine contributes to that. Uh, 
work, schools, churches, not gathering uh, regularly in public, all of this uh, makes us feel insignificant, unimportant, unloved, unwanted, uh, and that feeling of aloneness. And that, I just want to say, that applies to those of you that are like, man, I'm 38 and I'm still single. Or I've been married for 30 years and I'm lonely. Or I'm a leader at a big company and I'm lonely. Loneliness crosses all of these barriers. It doesn't matter in some level. You can have uh, be in a large crowd. You can be at, I've been at a dinner party with friends and felt very lonely. When we feel alone, we feel unknown. We feel like nobody cares about us. No one's interested in us. No one's there to celebrate with us. And so this morning, today, I want to, I want to talk about how do we overcome loneliness? It's complicated. Uh, it's not, there's not a silver bullet here, but I do think there are a few uh, reflections here that uh, require commitment to change. You know, there's that phrase that uh, I'm guessing you've heard. If nothing changes, then nothing changes. So I want to encourage you to, to make one, two, or three commitments today uh, around this area of loneliness to kind of break through and overcome loneliness in your life. God does not want you or me to uh, stay in extended seasons of loneliness. It's bad for our health physically. It's bad for our emotional well-being, psychological well-being. Uh, it just has a negative impact on us. So let's just jump in. Overcoming loneliness, three commitments to change. Number one is commit to not getting stuck. Commit to not getting stuck in bitterness. Now I want to take you to a passage in the New Testament. The Apostle Paul wrote a couple of letters to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 16 and 17, he wrote this from prison. He said, the first time I was brought before the judge, no one came with me. Everyone abandoned me. May it not be counted against them. May it not be counted against them. I mean, can you, can you hear the loneliness in there? Nobody showed up for me. Everybody deserted me, abandoned me. That's what he's saying. And we feel lonely when we go through something hard, challenging, when we suffer alone and our friends, our family, they don't show up, they don't check in, they don't uh, call us up or text us or say, hey, let's get together. And uh, I love how Paul though shapes his thinking and he says, but don't hold that against them. He's guarding his heart when he says, may it not be counted against them. And it's so tempting, isn't it, for, for us? It is for me to become suspicious of my friends. Like, how come, don't they know what I'm going through right now? How come they're not calling me? It's easy to become cynical and just kind of uh, give up on people and just kind of replace people and check out on people. I, uh, I have a close friend uh, who was celebrating a big birthday. And uh, I'm guessing most of you watching, we've all celebrated big birthdays. That might be your 16th, your 21st, your 30th, your 40th, your 50th, your 60th, whatever it is. 
But on this occasion, I was realizing, wow, this, this guy is a great buddy of mine and, and his birthday's this week and I, it's a big birthday and I haven't heard anything. So here's my thought bubble, I should call him. And I'm about to call him and I thought, oh, oh, wait. Wait, 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 maybe what if he has something planned? And now I'm gonna create an awkwardness for him because I wasn't invited. So now I'm in my head going, maybe I shouldn't call him, maybe I shouldn't text him because that's gonna be an awkward moment. But then uh, Casey Yardley and I were talking and she says, yeah, but think about it the other way too. Think about it if you're him and you're having a big birthday and you don't have any plans and you get called and hey, what's going on for your birthday? And you're like, I don't have anything planned. Are you gonna say that? Are you gonna lie and fib? Well, no, I got a few things, you know. There, there, there's some loneliness in that space as well, right? And so what happens is, is we start getting into our heads. And I love how Brene Brown talks, the language she uses, the story that I'm telling myself is nobody cares, you know? And this person who was having a big birthday, if he had no plans, he could also be going, nobody cares and get bitter. It's my big birthday and nobody's, nobody's asking me what I'm doing. So you see how we get in our head? The stories that we tell ourselves, they lead us into a deeper place of loneliness. I can give you the good news that uh, I ended up connecting and we had a great time together. And it was, I'm just so glad I took the risk to reach out. He's like, oh yeah, I got time for you. I got things going on, but I, let's get together. It was awesome. So take a risk and don't get stuck in the bitterness of feeling left out, abandoned like the apostle Paul. Guard your heart, guard your mind. And here's my second point. Commit to turning your heart, turning your mind to the source of love. That's what Paul does in this passage. Let me go back to those verses. He says, the first time I was brought before the judge, no one came with me. Everyone abandoned me. May it not be counted against them. But here's the very next phrase. But the Lord stood with me and gave me strength. What's he doing there? He's processing his loneliness, his, I don't know, feeling like nobody's shown up for him, but he's processing it in a, in a, and through a spiritual lens. And I want to encourage you to do that, to make a commitment in your seasons of loneliness, to turn to the source of love. Where do we typically turn? Well, during this global pandemic, again, the research says that we're drinking alcohol more than ever, we're binge eating more than ever, we're shopping more than ever, we're pouring out more than ever, we're watching more Netflix, social media, and yet we're looking for love in all the wrong places. Jesus Christ, he is the source. Scripture says that we love because he first loved us. He's the source of love. He's the one who's accessible right here, right now to you, wherever you're sitting, watching this message, listening to this message, he's accessible, he's approachable, he's available, just like he was to the leper, just like he was to the, the hemorrhaging woman for 12 years when she reached out, he was accessible and available and compassionate and caring, just like he was to Zacchaeus, who was lonely, 
because he was hated because of what he did. Jesus became accessible and approachable and available to all of these people. And, and that reminds me that he's accessible to me too and to you too. And he's moved by our loneliness. In fact, I want to just think, I think of another biblical character. I think of David. Talk about a guy who had it all together, man. King David. Uh, and yet loneliness was real for him. And maybe this week, make Psalm 25, 16 your prayer. Listen to how real and how relational this prayer is. David's praying to the Lord. And what I love about it is, uh, is the authenticity in it. It's not about religion. It's a really about an authentic, real relationship with the living God. He says this, Psalm 25, 16, Turn to me and be gracious to me, for I am lonely and afflicted. I'm lonely and afflicted. I'm struggling. I'm suffering alone and it's hard, and I'm feeling like nobody cares, and nobody's noticing, and nobody's reaching out to me, and nobody's inviting me, and nobody cares about me. And David turns to the source of love. God is the God of all comfort. And somebody right now needs to hear that, because you're alone. You're alone. You're lonely and afflicted. And my prayer right here, right now is, Lord, I pray for that one person that you would turn to them and be gracious to them right here, right now, in their loneliness, in their suffering. And then here's the third reflection. So the first one is don't get stuck. You gotta make a commitment. Don't get stuck in your bitterness. Number two is commit to turning to God, the source of love. And number three is commit to making friends and friendship a spiritual practice, a spiritual discipline, a spiritual exercise. Now, some of you are going, what? Well, you know, in Genesis 2.18, you know this verse, many of you are familiar with it. God said, it is not good for man to be alone. We often just quickly apply that to marriage, but in a general way, it is not good for any of us to be alone. God created you and me as relational beings. We are created to to connect deeply with other people, to know and be known, to love and be loved, to celebrate and be celebrated, to support and be supported. That's how we're hardwired, we're relational. And so God says it's not good for us to be alone. I read uh, in some of my research this week, uh, I love this, that uh, the best way, so this is what, the psychological field is saying in the research, the best way to forge and maintain friendships is through built-in regularity, built-in regularity, something that is always on the schedule. And I might say someone who is always in your schedule. So maybe that begs the question, who's in your calendar? This week, this month. Who's in your calendar regularly for connecting, supporting each other, listening to each other, praying together, encouraging each other? Who's in your schedule? Who's that person that you're reaching out to, that you're initiating with, that you're saying, let's, let's get together, let's have lunch, let's get coffee, let's set up something regular. Brian Tomei is a pastor and uh, 
somehow I've discovered him in the last year and, and, and I got a man crush on him because he's this adventure pastor. And he says things that I, I hear it or I read it and I go, wait a minute, you can't say that. And then I'm thinking, he's this pastor of a mega church back in the Midwest. And he makes me think, but here's a quote from him. He says, if there is one spiritual discipline that I could magically bestow upon you, only one. Now I'm thinking, oh, it's going to be prayer. It's going to be Bible reading. It's going to be keep the Sabbath. He says, if there's one spiritual discipline that I could magically bestow upon you, it would be the ability to choose and develop the right friendships, to choose and develop. the. I read that and I went, that's not a spiritual discipline. That doesn't count. Hanging out with friends. Actually, when you think about it, when you have time that you're hanging out with life-giving family and friends, that does something that nourishes your soul. It feeds your soul. It recharges you, right? And so that's why we, as a church family, we, we don't just talk about it like we're running a bunch of programs. We're trying to think about you. And that's why we have community groups and life groups and move groups and if tables and fire pits and, uh, and alpha course and emotionally healthy relationships because we want you, we want all of you to have great friendships, deep friendships, spiritual friendships. And uh, we're trying to create space so that you connect with others around Christ, so that you connect with others about stuff that really matters, that's really going on. We're creating space and environment so that you can let each other in, so you feel loved and not lonely, so you feel supported and not kind of all by yourself as you go through life. Oh, let me just say that in my life, this has actually been a gift from God to me. I mean, just if I were to think about my life right now, I have, I have a couple, couple buddies that I have dinner with on Sunday nights. I have, uh, I have a few friends that I bike with uh, every week on Mondays. I have uh, a couple friends that I have coffee with on Thursdays. Uh, I have another friend that I bike with on Saturday. So I'm part of what I'm trying to do is build around my life meaningful relationships to meet that deep need of being loved and supported, but also extending love and support and care for others. And I want that for you. I want that for all of you. And I understand some of us are more relational than others. But I, I want you to know that it does take a little initiative. I'm going to close with this story. It's the gospel of the Winnie the Pooh. I'm hoping you've heard of him. It comes from the uh, complete tales of Winnie the Pooh. But it occurred to Pooh and Piglet that they hadn't heard from Eeyore for several days. So they put on their hats and coats and trotted across the hundred acre wood to Eeyore's stick house. And inside the house was Eeyore. Hello, Eeyore said Pooh. Hello, Pooh. Hello, Piglet, said Eeyore in a glum-sounding voice. Oh, we just thought we'd check in on you, said Piglet, because we hadn't heard from you, and so we wanted to know if you were okay. Eeyore was silent for a moment. Am I okay? He asked eventually. Well, I don't know, to be honest. Are any of us really okay? 
That's what I ask myself. All I can tell you, Pooh and Piglet, is that right now I feel really rather sad and alone and not much fun to be around at all, which is why I haven't bothered you. Because you wouldn't want to waste your time hanging out with someone who's sad and alone and not much fun to be around at all. Now, would you? Well, Pooh looked at Piglet and Piglet looked at Pooh and they both sat down one on either side of Eeyore in his stick house. Eeyore looked at them in surprise. What are you doing? We're sitting here with you, said Pooh, because we are your friends and true friends don't care if someone's feeling sad or alone or not much fun to be around at all. True friends are there for you anyway. And so here we are. Oh, said Eeyore. Oh, and the three of them sat there in silence. And while Pooh and Piglet said nothing at all, somehow, almost imperceptibly, Eeyore started to feel a very tiny little bit better. The power of presence, the power of friendship, the power of us showing up for each other, that's the way we change our lives. We make a commitment to not live and get stuck in bitterness. We make a commitment to turn to the source of love. Ultimate source of love is Jesus. But he also gives us a family of faith, a community. And so we make a commitment to engage in friendship that matters as a spiritual discipline and exercise. And I just think like Pooh and Piglet, I'll just close with this thought. Sometimes we need to get over the story that we might be telling ourselves. And we got, we got to get in and go in search of our friends. As Pooh once said, you can't stay in your corner of the forest waiting for others to come to you. You have to go to them sometimes. And so if you want to overcome loneliness, there you go. There's three practical steps you can commit to today. And so let me pray for us and pray over you. Oh, kind Father, you're the God of compassion and care and kindness. You see us, you know us by name. I'm thinking about the resurrection, the post-resurrection story when you appear to Mary and you say, Mary, why are you crying? You know us by name and you care about what makes us cry. You care about these seasons and spaces where we feel all alone. And today, Lord, I pray that you would release the Holy Spirit, that you would bring people across our path, that you would put people into our mind that you want us to reach out to, to text, to invite to lunch, to have come over. Uh, Holy Spirit, move right here, right now in this moment. And I pray that you would put the desire in each of our hearts to open up the scriptures, to read the Psalms, to reconnect to you the source of love, to read the gospels and rediscover that Jesus is the source of love. Oh God, have your way in us this day and touch the one person right now that's really struggling. I pray that you would make yourself known in a very, very practical, tangible way today and they would have eyes to see and heart that's receptive to the love that comes to them in Jesus name. Amen. Thank you so much.
for listening this morning, today, wherever you are. People all over are watching. I want to say hi to my mom. And now I want to bring up Johnny Miller, a good buddy of mine, who uh, is going to sing for us. You're in for a treat. Enjoy. Sounds too blue to fly The midnight train is whining low I'm so lonesome I could cry I've never seen a night so long When time goes crawling by the moon just went behind the clouds to hide its face and cry enter your day, we hope that you will take just a few moments to pause and respond to what God has put on your heart through this message. Thank you again for listening to the Ocean Hills podcast. For access to more sermons, visit the watch and listen page on oceanhills.org or find them on the Ocean Hills app.